All right, if you've got your Bibles, open up to Genesis chapter 27. Genesis chapter 27, there's a, if you've got a handout at your table, there's a timeline there. Uh, at the top of that handout, we've covered several different things in this Old Testament uh, series. Uh, we've looked at the call of Abram, God's covenant with Abram, uh, Abraham's sacrifice of Isaac, uh, and now we're looking at today uh, Jacob and Esau. So there are three main players in the book of Genesis and it's, uh, that kind of cover the bulk of the book of Genesis, uh, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Uh, Isaac actually takes up a very small portion of the book of Genesis. Jacob takes up a huge chunk of the book of Genesis, so we're going to really dive into his life. Uh, and today's lesson is about the beginning of, of his interaction. Do you see a map there? Uh, that's the map of where we're at. That gray space on the map is the Mediterranean Sea. The island there is the island of Crete. Today's story mainly takes place in Beersheba, and then it gradually moves upward toward uh, Haran. Now, you're going to read the text today, uh, Genesis 27 and 28, and you're going to go, these are Bible characters? Because it sounds a lot like Jersey Shore and reality TV, and it's flat out awful. The deception and the deceit and the lying and the backstabbing and the scheming, and it's just, it's just amazing. Uh, so a couple key thoughts today. Uh, one is that Bible characters were imperfect, parentheses, except for Jesus, right? And the second is God meets us in these places of brokenness at times, and praise God for that. Um, as we look through Isaac's family, so you've got Isaac and Rebekah, are the mom and the dad in the story today. Jacob and Esau are the twin sons. And Isaac and Rebekah played favorites as far as parenting were concerned. Uh, Isaac was passionately all about who? Esau. He was all about Esau because Esau was the manly man. Literally, the, verse in, the, the passage in chapter 26 of Genesis talks about when he was born that he came out all red and hairy like a garment. Any of y'all have any kids that came out all red and hairy like a garment? A couple, right? And it's like, yeah, okay, it's just kind of how it was, right? And Jacob comes out second, they're twins, and Jacob's holding on to Esau's heel. So they name him holding on to Esau's heel, basically. They call him supplanter or deceiver because he was, he was going to come out first and then he came out second and all this stuff. And you learn about this in Genesis 26. And God tells Rebecca, the mom in the story, that the one that comes out first is going to be servant to the one that comes out second, which in the Old Testament way of doing things is totally backward. The firstborn gets everything, and all the other brothers, sorry ladies, the girls, they didn't kind of go into the math. It just didn't work that way. But all the other brothers got smaller portions, so this is how this works. I need a couple guys that have got uh, brothers. Any guys that have brothers? Keith, come on up. How many brothers do you have? Two brothers, fantastic. I need two guys to help me play Keith's brothers. Come on up, yes? And, and Eric, all right, here we go. So Keith, what are your brothers' names? Uh, Cole and Jonas. Cole and Jonas, all right. So you're gonna be Cole, all right? And you're gonna be Jonas, right? Not like the Jonas brothers, that was awesome. <laughs> I just, he teed that up and I just swung away. All right, now Keith, are you the oldest or the youngest or the middle or of just the brothers? You're oldest of the brothers. And even, this is even better. So, this is the way this would work. Do you have any sisters? Yeah. How many sisters do you have? Uh, they don't matter anyway. Don't worry. Yeah. All right, so, they don't. Not for the splitting up of the land. They don't matter. And this is how awful this setup was, right? 
right? Would everybody, would the ladies, can I get a witness? Yeah? yeah? Okay. So this is the way this worked. There are three brothers. The inheritance, the property, the land, the inheritance is split up so that Keith, and this is the math portion of today's lesson, okay? So that Keith gets twice as much as Cole and Jonas, okay? Keith gets twice as much. Now, those of you that are mathematically oriented are going, I got this, no problem. Lynn, you, got, you already got it figured out, right? Uh, two options. Two options, okay, all right. And those of you that are going, I hate fractions, don't make me do fractions, right? <laughs> this is way too early for fractions. So, so the way you do this is that there are three portions, right? Sort of. Just imagine another brother standing over here. There's really four, because if Keith gets twice as much, he gets an extra portion. So he gets two out of the how many portions? Four portions, so that's half. So Keith gets half of everything of his father's. And each one of his brothers get 25. Now, 25% is not bad, right? Yeah. Yeah. Not bad. In, in American culture, if we were doing a will, how much would each brother get? A third, a third, a third, right? So it's a little bit different in this culture. Now, the property that Keith gets is called his inheritance. Another word for it is birthright. There we go. So that's the birthright. Now, in this story, there's two sons, so I need somebody, so you're going to, sorry, Jonas, you're gone. All right, so now, now we, we've narrowed it down, and we've got, um, I should have picked somebody with, like, no hair. That, oh, I should have kept you, totally. That would have been great, yeah. That would have been great. I totally missed it, didn't I? I totally So Esau and Jacob, you know, they're twins, right? And... Uh, and, and we've already talked about what Esau's name means. His name means Harry. Yeah, they named him Harry, right? It's like, seriously, come on. I mean, Rebecca and Isaac couldn't do any better than that? No, nope, they couldn't. They named him Harry. And they named Jacob Deceiver. You go, seriously, right? Now, we remember from last week what Isaac's name meant, right? Laughter. You know, anybody know what Rebecca's name means? Ensnarer. So, so we're just messed up to start, right? I mean, this can only go down. This is going to be a spiral of doom. So we've got, uh, we'll say, you got more facial hair, so we'll call you Esau, okay. and this is Jacob. So Esau comes out first, and Esau, according to the culture, is supposed to get how much of the birthright? How much? Ooh, not 75%. All right. How much? Two-thirds, right, because there's... Three pieces, and he gets two of those three pieces, two-thirds, there we go. And Jacob's supposed to get one-third, okay? So what happens is God says Jacob is going to get it all. Now, how do you think that makes Esau feel? Upset. Upset, right? Absolutely. Because not only does he not get it, He's got to go through his whole life, and everybody knows that he's really the oldest, and he's got to experience life explaining why I, I, don't, I don't get that. Now, technically, God told Rebekah that Jacob's only going to get two-thirds because he was going to get the birthright. And what Esau sells him in Genesis 26 is his other one-third. So Esau's got nothing, nothing. He has no inheritance. Now, there's two components to what a father can give their son in the Old Testament. 
there's the birthright. This is the land and the property and the stuff. And the second component is the, the blessing. And this is a big deal because God had told Abraham, I am going to bless you and your descendants. Now, there was a very specific thing that Abraham was told. He was, gonna, he was told that his descendants would bless the entire world. And who are we talking about there? Jesus, right, absolutely, we're talking about Jesus. So the lineage that the Messiah would come through was very specific. The Father got to direct by a blessing which direction that lineage would go, okay? God told Isaac, I'm sorry, God told Rebekah to bless Jacob. So you would think, if Esau's got nothing coming in by way of land, at least he gets the blessing and the Messiah gets to come through him, right? Nope. So this is the family dynamic going into this story. And this is a big deal. So do you think these two are best buds? Not at all. And you'll see the deceit and the treachery in this story. It's just, it's awful. Now, one more thing. The best we can tell at this point in the story, when Genesis 27 starts, you are single. Okay? You, he's a player. <laughs> he's got two. And they're Hittites. Right, very much so. <laughs> they came from the wrong side of the river, okay? They were west of the Jordan River. This is not good. He's got two Hittite wives. And the last, one of the last verses in Genesis 26 says, and they were, anybody know? Basically, a thorn in the side, his wives were basically a thorn in the side of Rebekah and Isaac. Okay, so that's where we're at. Thank you guys, appreciate your help. So we're in Genesis 27, verse 1. Now it came to pass when Isaac was old and his eyes were dim, so that he could not see, that he called Esau his older son and said to him, My son. And Esau answered Isaac and said, Here I am. Now, a lot of times in the Bible, you will see a physical condition that also represents a moral issue. And that's what's going on here. If, you've got, if you're doing your blanks and your handouts, your physical issue, it's like already on the back side of the handout. You missed the two at the bottom? Sorry, you weren't paying attention. Verse 2, Then Isaac said, Behold, now I am old. I do not know the day of my death. Now, at this point in time, Isaac, depending upon your interpretation of Scripture, is either 117 or 137. So just kind of tuck that back in the back of your head. We're going to need that in a little while. So Isaac thinks he's going to die. So Isaac is going to transfer the blessing. The birthright issue, the inheritance has already been dealt with. We're transferring the blessing at this point. <clears throat> verse 3, Now therefore, please... I'm sorry, verse 2. Then Isaac said, Behold, now I am old. I do not know the day of my death. Verse 3. Now therefore, please take your weapons, your quiver and your bow, and go out to the field and hunt game for me. And make me savory food such as I love, and bring it to me that I may eat, that my soul may bless you before I die. Time out. Time out. Now what did God tell Rebekah to make sure to happen? Bless Jacob. And what is Isaac clearly doing here? He's about to bless Esau. We have a problem. We have a problem. And some people will say, well, Rebecca just didn't tell him. What do you mean? This would have been like the most important conversation she ever had with anybody in her entire life. Of course she's supposed to tell him. He's accountable for that. Verse 5. 
Now Rebekah was listening when Isaac spoke to Esau, his son. And Esau went to the field to hunt game and to bring it. So Esau is what? He's obedient, right? He goes and he does what his daddy told him to do. So Rebekah spoke to Jacob, her son. The, the pronouns in this whole story are really interesting because Esau is always referred to as Isaac's son, and Jacob is always referred to as Rebekah's son. It's just this, they just do this constantly throughout the story. And she tells him, indeed, I have heard your father speak to Esau, your brother. Ooh, how'd she hear that? He's eavesdropping, right? Verse 7, bring me, saying, bring me game and make me savory food, that I may eat it and bless you in the presence of the Lord before my death. Now, therefore, my son, she's talking to Jacob, Obey my voice according to what I command you. Go now to the flock and bring me from there two choice kids of the goats, and I will make savory food for them, for your father, such as he loves. Now, we have a problem here, because it's a good thing that she knows how to make her man happy. It, for those of you that are married, this is a good thing. All right? and just Husbands, give me an amen on this. Is it a good thing? Do you enjoy the fact that your wife knows how to make you happy? There we go. That's the most amens I've ever gotten from the guys in any, any Sunday school class. But when that pleasing turns into deceiving, right? Now we've, the train has jumped off the tracks at this point. Okay? Verse 10, Then you, Jacob, shall take it to your father, that he may eat it and that he may bless you before his death. Man, that's just blatant deception. Got a question there. Was it right or wrong of Jacob to obey his mother, Rebekah, in this request to deceive his father, Isaac. Is it right to deceive your family? Let me make it a little simpler. No. No. It is never right to do wrong, even in order to get a chance to do right, which was to try to get the blessing to go through Jacob. It is never right to do wrong. Just not. Verse 11, And Jacob said to Rebekah, his mother, Look, Esau, my brother, is a hairy man. Jacob's not an idiot, right? He said, I am a smooth-skinned man. The, the, the root of this is hilarious. It literally means slippery, like, like just slip, not me, right? Eric, slippery on top, okay? I mean, he's a slippery man. The root of that word, you know what it means? It means slippery of speech because you deceive. It's like this, you just, you dig, and it's, the scripture's rich, guys. Verse 12, perhaps my father will feel me, and I shall seem to be a deceiver to him, and I shall bring a curse on myself and not a blessing. But his mother, Rebekah, said to him, let your curse be on me, my son. I mean, this is right up there with, yes, I'll co-sign that loan for you. Just stupid, stupid statements that people can make, right? <laughs> Only obey my voice and go get the goats for me. And Jacob went and got the goats, he brought them to his mother, and his mother made savory foods, such as his father loved. Then Rebekah took the choice clothes of his elder son Esau, which were with her in the house, and put them on Jacob, her younger son, and she put the skins of the kids of the goats on his hands and on the smooth part of his neck. Now we look at this and we go, um, seriously, how is like goat hair going to pass for human hair? Well, Esau was a hairy, hairy dude, okay? Wherever you think hairy is, like kick it up a couple notches, he was really hairy. And goat hair at this time was also used as a substitute for human hair. Eastern goat hair is very fine and long and thin. It is not coarse and rough like American. Have you ever had, anybody ever had goats? Goats are the nastiest things you can ever have. It's, they're just they're awful, awful animal. So this would have easily passed for human hair. Verse 17, then she gave the savory food and the bread, which she had prepared into the hand of her son Jacob. 
So we've got willful meditated, I mean, this is premeditated the whole nine yards. So he went to his father and said, my father. And Isaac said, here I, here I am. Who are you, my son? Jacob said to his father, I am Esau. And if this were like a movie, the music would go, dun, 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 at this point, right? Because it just gets, now I want you to count the lies, right? Just count the number of lies that Jacob tells. So I am Esau, your firstborn. I have done just as you told me. No. Please arise, sit and eat of my game. No. That your soul may bless me. But Isaac said to his son, thinking it's Esau, how is it that you have found it so quickly, my son? Whoop. Hang on. We, he, he's a little suspect, right? Because this, this didn't take long enough. This didn't take long enough. Isaac smells a trap, and he says, because the Lord your God brought it to me. Ooh, is that a spiritual answer or what? It's like, yeah, God was good, right? Now, look at the pronouns in that verse, though. Because the Lord, your God. And this, to me, is just incredibly sad. Because Isaac, Isaac's either 117 or 137. Jacob and Esau are either 57 or 77 years old here. They're still living in this family. And it's still your God. There wasn't a lot of transference of faith going on here. Okay? It's really sad. Verse 21, Isaac said to Jacob, Please come near that I may feel you, my son, whether you are really my son Esau or not. So he's still, he's not sure. So Jacob went near to his father, and he, Isaac, felt Jacob and said, The voice is Jacob's, but the hands are the hands of Esau. And Isaac did not recognize Jacob because his hands were hairy like his brother Esau's hands. So Isaac blessed him. So, is this the outcome, the result that God wanted? Yes, yes. Jacob got the blessing. Is this the way that it was supposed to happen? No, not at all. Not at all. Deception, it it just shouldn't happen, right? I'm sure God would have loved to have had obedience on the part of all these parties. It would have been a lot easier. Certainly. Verse 24. Then Isaac said, are you really my son Esau? You see a pattern here? He's still, he's not sure. He is not sure. And Jacob said, I am. Lie. And Isaac said, bring it near to me that I will eat of my son's game, that my soul may bless you. So he brought it near to him and he ate and he brought him wine and he drank. Then his father Isaac said to him, come near now and kiss me, my son. And he came near and kissed him and he smelled the smell of his clothing. And he blessed him, and he said, and here's the blessing, Surely the smell of my son is like the smell of a field which the Lord has blessed. Therefore may God give you of the dew of heaven, of the fatness of the earth, of plenty of grain and wine. Let people serve you, and nations bow down to you. And these are the two lines that caused the problem for Esau. Be master over your brethren, and let your mother's sons bow down to you. Wow. Pretty hard. Cursed be everyone who curses you, and blessed be those who bless you. So now we come to the story where it, it, the deception becomes wider known. Verse 30, Now it happened as soon as Isaac had finished blessing Jacob that Jacob had scarcely gone out from the presence of Isaac his father that Esau his brother came in from hunting. He also had made savory food and brought it to his father and said to his father, Let my father arise and eat of his son's game that your soul may bless me. And Isaac said to, his fa- said to him, Who are you? And Esau said, I am your son, your firstborn Esau. 
Then Isaac trembled exceedingly and said, Who? Where is the one who hunted game and brought it to me? I ate of all of it before you came, and I have blessed him, and indeed he shall be blessed. And it's just sad. And they go on to have this conversation, and, and, and the blank there is that some mistakes cannot be undone. Some mistakes can't be undone. Right? You can say you're sorry, you can apologize, but you can't undo certain things. So in verse 39, they, they dialogue back and forth, and, Jake, and Esau basically begs his father for a blessing. He said, please, you tell me you've got some blessing for me. So he gives him a blessing in verse 39. He says, behold, your dwelling shall be of the fatness of the earth and of the dew from heaven above. By your sword you shall live, and you shall serve your brother. Isaac was really lousy at the blessing thing, okay? I just, I'm just going to throw that out there. And it shall come to pass, when you become restless, this is restless from roaming around, that you shall break. Another word for this is to snatch his yoke from off your neck. And the yoke was on the back of the neck. And my wife has this really cool term that she uses when specifically another woman gets under her skin. And that is, snatch the ponytail out of your head. Yeah. And that, to me, is what I was reminded of. Because at some point, he's going to snatch that yoke off the back of his neck. So is he still going to serve him? Yes. But it may not be forever now. At least he's limited the, the, the duration of this particular statement that he's made. Does that make sense for everybody? So he's, kinda, he's chopping it down to size here. So verse 41, so Esau hated Jacob. The word for hated here is, is a different word than normally is used for hated. This word for hated is to cherish your animosity. So, and we've all, we've all done this before, right? We carry our hatred around with us, and we pet it, and we feed it, and we water it. And sometimes, you see my hatred? I hate them. I hate them so bad. And we tell people about it, right? And there was a thing that I carried around for probably close to 10 years, I guess. And I petted it, and I loved it, and it was my friend. And you know what hatred does over time? It festers, and it festers, and it festers, and it festers. Now, who did, who did uh, Esau hate? Jacob. Who was, who was behind this? Mama. But who did he hate? He hated Jacob. And so what does he say? He says in his heart, The days of mourning for my father are at hand. Dad's about to die. Then I will kill my brother Jacob. Wow. So we've gone from Rebecca's deception to Jacob being involved in the deception to Isaac being deceived to Esau hating to Esau wanting to murder. All from deception. Right? You, I promise you, it is tr so true in my life. I cannot plan the consequences of my sin. I do not know what that's going to taint and where that's going to go. It goes all over the place. Verse 42, And the words of Esau, her older son, were told to Rebekah. Now, where did Esau say these words? Where did he say these words? In his heart. So how did Rebekah find out? Well, in my life, I have found that what's in my heart has a way of working its way out my mouth to some, at some point. Right? You, you end up saying things that you're thinking. 
So Rebekah went and called her younger son Jacob and said to him, Surely your brother Esau comforts or is feeling sorry for himself by intending to kill you. Now therefore, my son, obey my voice, which should have been just a huge red flag, right? Because the last time this did not work out so well for him. Obey my voice, flee to my brother Laban in Haran, and stay with him a few days. <laughs> yeah, Terry's laughing because he stays in Haran for at least 20 years. It'll be over in a few days. It, it, it'll, be, it'll all pass over. Esau will forget that he hates you. That's what she goes on to say. Esau's going to forget yeah, that he is totally excluded from the blessing and has no part in the inheritance. He's not going to forget that. He is not going to forget that. Verse 46, And Rebekah said to Isaac, I am weary of my life because of the daughters of Heth. These are the wives of Esau. If Jacob takes a wife of the daughters of Heth, like these who are the daughters of the land, what good will my life be to me? Now, she's doing it again, if you, in case you're not sure. She's trying to get Jacob, she's trying to get Isaac to say that Jacob should be sent away. She's already got a plan. She's just trying to execute it now. Genesis 28, verse 1, Then Isaac called Jacob and blessed him again and charged him and said to him, You shall not take a wife from the daughters of Canaan. Arise, go to Paddan Aram, to the house of Bethuel, your mother's father. Now, it gets a little tricky here. And take yourself a wife there of the daughters of Laban, your mother's brother. Can somebody grab that door for me? That'd be great. Thank you, Stuart. So if you're going to grab a wife from your mother's brother's daughters, she is your first cousin. Yeah. <laughs> it's, I mean, it's like Godfather stuff, right? I mean, this is, this is first cousin. Here we go. So what, is, what does Isaac say? He clarifies this blessing here. He says, May God Almighty bless you and make you fruitful and multiply you, that you may be an assembly of peoples and give to you the blessing of Abraham. So in case there was any discussion, there was any debate about what I previously blessed you, I'm giving you the blessing of Abraham. It is coming through you. He is linking the Abrahamic covenant to Jacob. It's going right through him. To you and your descendants with you, that you may inherit the land in which you are a stranger, which God gave to Abraham. Verse 5, so Isaac sent Jacob away. Now here's the really sad part of the story. Because the timelines are awful. Now how old did I say Isaac was? 117 or 137. We're not, it's one of those two. You know how old Isaac lives to be? 180. And he never sees his son again. sad. You think you have a messed up family? You got nothing on the Bible characters. <laughs> and if God can work through and despite all of this, he can use us. He can use us. I told my wife, I said, everybody's going to walk out of Sunday school feeling really good about themselves and their families today. Because if these guys are the heroes of Genesis, we can do this thing, okay? I mean, we can do this thing. This is no joke here. So verses 6, 7, 8, and 9 Esau sees that Jacob was supposed to go and marry one of his first cousins. So you know what he does? He goes to Ishmael. He goes to daddy's side of the family and picks up a first cousin, another wife. So now he's got three. Now, could, if anybody could relate to Esau, it's Ishmael. The, the firstborn that doesn't get the blessing and the inheritance. Right? Misery loves company. And you see it in the Bible, too. So... Verse 10, now Jacob went out from Beersheba and went toward Haran. 
So this is the map where he starts to head up the, the path. He came to a certain place and stayed there all night because the sun had set. And he took one of the stones of that place and put it at his head. And he lay down in that place to sleep. And he dreamed, and behold, a ladder was set up on the earth, its top reaching to heaven. And there the angels of God were ascending and descending on it. Now, in case you're wondering, you know, I try to always talk about where's Jesus in this story, right? Well, I can't relate Jesus to Isaac and Rebecca and Jacob and Esau here, right? There's just, that would be a theological stretch. That rubber band is going to break. That, that doesn't work. So where is Jesus in this story? He's the ladder. Because what's this ladder doing? This ladder is connecting heaven and earth. And it's making a bridge between the two so that there can be a unity here. He's the ladder here. He shows up in all kinds of places. It's pretty neat. And the Lord stood above it and said, I am the Lord God of Abraham, your father. That's a bad spot right there. And Isaac, he is still God of Isaac. After all Isaac has done to try to circumvent God's blessing, I didn't even notice that. Think about your own life, right? Think about all we've done personally to, I'm going to avoid, and and he's still our God. It's amazing. I'm the Lord God of Abraham, your father, and God of Isaac. The land on which you lie, I will give to you and your descendants. Also your descendants shall be as the dust of the earth. And you shall spread abroad to the west and to the east, to the north and the south. And in you and your seed, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Now there's this really cool thing and I'm going to be done in about two minutes, there's this really cool concept of making a covenant that the two people that are making the covenant stands on, stand on either side of what's being offered as the sacrifice. Okay? And then they come together, and they join hands, and they walk around, and they declare that whatever happens to this will happen to us if we break this covenant. But they start off with the sacrifice in between them. Don't miss the picture here. Because where is God? He's at the top of the ladder. Where is Jacob? He's at the bottom of the ladder. And what does the ladder look like? The ladder looks like Jesus. He's the sacrifice. This is our God. Isn't it amazing? These visual pictures that he gives us in the scriptures. I love it. Verse 15, Behold, I am with you and will keep you wherever you go and will bring you back to this land, for I will not leave you until I have done what I have spoken to you. Verse 16, Then Jacob awoke from his sleep and said, Surely the Lord is in this place, and I did not know it. He was afraid and said, How awesome is this place? What is Jacob focusing on? The place. What should he have been focusing on? The person he just interacted with. Right? He missed the fact that God made the place special. He's focusing on the place. Jacob thought that God was here before he got there, and Jacob just didn't know about this area because this area was somehow special. And that's not the point. The point is that God interacted with man. So verse 18, Then Jacob rose early in the morning and took the stone that he had put at his head, set it up as a pillar, and poured oil on top of it. So he's setting this apart, and he called the name of that place Bethel. But the name of the city had been Luz previously. And Jacob made a vow saying, now, in God's communication to Jacob, was there anything that Jacob had to do? No, it was purely one directional. So here's Jacob, we're, we're man, sinful man, we're going to add 
to what's already been taken care of. So what does he say? If God be with me and keep me in this way that I am going, God's already told him he was going to, and give me bread to eat and clothing to put on, God's already told him he's going to take care of it, so that I come back to my father's house in peace, then the Lord shall be my God. Swing and a miss. You were so close. Just say thanks. <laughs> right? It, it would have been fantastic. A great response. Wow, thanks so much. That'd be great. But no, he's got to add to it. See, Jacob believes in a quid pro quo God. And we'll get a little more of that next week. Verse 22 And this stone which I have set as a pillar shall be God's house, and of all that I give that you give me, I will surely give a tenth to you. And so so what's the point here? The point is that the Bible characters' families were messed up too. Right? Did, did we see this today? Did this come through pretty clearly? And, and the, the Israelites say the God of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. And he was because the focus is on God. The focus is not on the man. Okay? So two personalizations there. Number one, always tell the truth because we don't know where it's going to go from there. And number two, don't be a blank. I don't know what the word at your house is to use. I know what the word at my house is, but whatever the word at your house is, fill in the blank, don't be that. 